Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now trend has emerged. This is the My Talk Now Trending Report. What's happening right now? Trending online this afternoon, James Baldwin, the essayist, novelist, and playwright, was born on this day in 1924. People are remembering his memory by sharing quotes and essays and uh, some of the great work that James Baldwin did while he was here. Also trending National Coloring Book Day, also trending Top Gun Maverick, as in casting news for that movie. Apparently, Glenn Powell might be in the movie after all, according to exclusive reports from The Hollywood Reporter. The Set It Up actor is in negotiations to join the movie. He initially auditioned for the role of Goose's son, but lost out to actor Miles Teller. Also trending right now would be Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. Well, she's all over the place talking about her movie, The Spy, Who Dumped Me. And she says that she knew she married the right man when Ashton Kutcher suggested that they appear together as a couple on The Bachelorette. True <laughs> love. Okay, that's sweet. Oh, that's what's trending here at my talk. All right, your forecast is brought to you by Skin Rejuvenation Clinic. Uh, clear sky, 60 for the low tonight. It should be partly sunny for the most part. And warm enough, 85 tomorrow. Right now, uh, let's call it cloudy and uh, 68 here at my talk. Now you know what we know. See more at mytalk1071.com. She loves everybody's watching. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, We are delighted. Paul Tremblay, the uh, author, is joining us for his latest book called The Cabin at the End of the World. Hi, Paul. How are you? Hey, how are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing great. Good. Okay, so, Paul, you have to tell us, before we get into the setup of the novel, you have to tell us how you um, have become, like, whatever, buddies with Stephen King. Is that fair to say? Um, sure. Okay. I mean, but it's, you know, I've never met him in person, but, you know, we do exchange emails and, you know, and he's been a, a big supporter of my stuff, which is still very surreal. Like every once in a while, I'll walk around the house and go, oh, Stephen King actually likes my stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, it, it happened really quickly, sort of randomly. Uh, not that I have the date memorized, August 19th, t- 2015. <laughs> okay. Um, a really good date. <laughs> yeah. 
No, he, uh, he happened to read A Head Full of Ghosts, and I didn't know that he was reading it, and he just tweeted about it. He tweeted that the book scared the living hell out of him, um, and, as, and he's not easy to scare. So uh, it's funny, my friends saw the tweet before I did, and my phone started going crazy. Um, and I'm not ashamed to admit that I got emotional when I saw that. I mean, because I, I became a reader, never mind a writer, because of Stephen King. So, really? Yeah, yeah, I mean, so that I okay. What is the name of that book that made I, uh, his I head? Was it called uh, A Head Full of Ghosts? Yeah, it's called A Head Full of Ghosts. Uh, that was sort of my first of these three horror novels that I've come out since uh, 2015. Is is that the one you won the Bram Stoker? It is. Yes. Okay, and mm-hmm. so, and he just, I love, I mean, because, like, um, two of the three of us here are, like, huge Stephen King fans. I mean, that, I just was really fascinated just to get that story from you, because, I mean, he, for him to compliment somebody's writing would just, like, you know, just make you go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it, I, no, I've reached the pinnacle. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he's such a gracious and... uh you know, he reads widely, and if you do follow his Twitter, he's yes. always talking about other people's books. So I do. I, you know, I think that's how we learned yeah. about your book, The Cabin oh, at the End of the World, <laughs> was that he tweeted something about it. And right. it might have been in People Magazine. Now, just tell people, describe The Cabin at the End of the World, because this is sure. different from if they've read some of your other, what you would call the horror, right. scary and, book. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so this book opens with uh, Wen, and Wen is uh, seven going on eight. Uh, and she is the Chinese adopted daughter of two dads, Andrew and Eric. Uh, and they're sort of Boston urbanites, and they've purposefully rented a cabin that's fairly remote in northern New Hampshire. You know, so no Wi-Fi, no mm-hmm. cell phones, because I have to have a horror story. Right, <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> and while Wen is out in front just catching grasshoppers, this big, huge stranger named Leonard shows up. You know, he's a young man, but he's really large. But despite his size, you know, he's charismatic and sort of gets her talking and he starts, you know, helping her catch the grasshoppers. And then, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes later, these three other strangers show up and they don't look as friendly. They're carrying sort of like these weird homemade, uh, what appear to be weapons. And uh, as Wen runs into the house to get her dad's, Leonard says to Wen, uh, you have to let us in the, the cabin because we need your help to uh, help prevent the end of the world. Um, and then things sort of spiral out from there. And yeah. what is the question? Because I mean, there's a lot that we don't want to say because sure. to give it up. But when you when you've been out on your book readings, I mean, what is the question that everybody asks you about the cabin at the end of the world? <laughs> well, I mean, I've had readers since when they finish the book have question about the ending, sort of. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a little bit tricky to talk about it without spoiling it too much. You know, I have been saying that it's sort of my take on the home invasion story. Yes. Which, in a weird way, uh, is my least favorite horror subgenre. You know, there are some movies that I do like, like, you know, even like the classic Wait Until Dark. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was that Audrey Hepburn, right? Yes. Um, So, but that was actually sort of what excited me about the book. was like, oh, how how would I do a a home invasion story that I would want to sit through? Um, you make it as terrifying and as suspenseful and <laughs> tense as possible, which you do do. Well, thank you. <laughs> Where did you, how did you even come up with this idea, though? Are you a parent? I am a parent, yes. Um, and actually, I'm going through the horrifying process of starting the process of searching for colleges for my oldest. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. What a nightmare. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was fine. I, I got a little bit lucky with the story idea. I was actually, I'd gone to a literary festival in Los Angeles and I had sent my editor like a 30-page summary of a different novel idea, and she didn't like it. 
mm-hmm. uh, which was fine, actually, because by the time I wrote it and sent it to her, I wasn't fully on board with it either. Right. So I was on the plane, and I was like, I need to come up with another idea. And, uh, you know, I keep little, like, writing notebooks with me, and it's usually just to jot down ideas. And I was on the plane, and I looked down, and I wasn't even paying attention to what I was doing, and I drew a little cabin. Um, and when I say I drew a cabin, it was a rectangle with a V on top of it right. because I can't draw very well. Uh-huh. But uh, well, when I looked at that, it made me instantly think of the home invasion sort of subgenre, and I just sort of spiraled out from there. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. Um, I don't know. It seems like this year more than ever, and I don't know if there's a correlation. I'd be curious what your thoughts are. But, you know, so the world and, you know, everything in America, it seems so divided, and there's yeah. all this tension, and and it seems like more than ever this year we've had suspenseful thrilling, post-apocalyptic. We've kind of had like a lot of good, scary books that people have really been drawn to. Sure. I mean, I think you sort of hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think, you know, regardless of whatever sort of political side you fall on, you know, everyone's feeling, you know, socio-political anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what's what, what news can be trusted, what information can be trusted. And I, I certainly play with that, hopefully without getting too didactic. Yes. I certainly play with that in the novel. Yeah, you do. Because uh, this isn't, um, again, not a spoiler, but, you know, the invaders have sort of their, you know, they sort of have their mission, and it's, you know, it's left ambiguous as to whether their mission is actually rooted in reality or, or, or even rooted in, in a supernatural sort of thing. And, uh, you know, sort of what I've done with my other two horror novels, you know, I... I sort of play that, uh, I play that ambiguous supernatural element really through the whole book. Uh, and I may or may not tell you one way or the other, you know, I sort of leave it to the reader to decide, you know, if something supernatural is happening or not. Right. Um, and then are any of your books, have they been op- optioned by Hollywood? I mean, are they, we just like, I know the TV Critics Association mm-hmm. is going on and like mm-hmm. Justin Cronin is on the panel today and he started... You know, The Passage, oh that's like gosh, 10 or 12 yes. years ago. Yep. That's going to be a series. Anything like that happening with any of your books? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, so I, I, uh, The Cabinet at the End of the World was actually options like six months before it was published, which was very exciting. Oh, my uh, gosh. Did you yeah. get an exploding offer? We're talking with Paul Tremblay. <laughs> the book is The Cabinet at the End of the World. Yeah. Did yeah. you get what they call an exploding offer? Um, geez, I'm not sure. No, I don't, I don't they know. They call you and they offer. say, Paul, you yeah. have five minutes to decide, a million dollars. No, 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 okay. no exploding offer. Okay. Um, but I did get to meet the two uh, the two gentlemen who are working on the screenplay this summer, uh, and I'm super excited because you know they they've been asking for my input. But uh, I think a head full of ghosts is certainly closer. That that's been optioned for about three years. Okay. Um, and it's focus features with Robert Downey Jr.'s production company that are working oh. on it, um, and they hired a director. Or in late winter, Osgood Perkins, uh, who is the son of Anthony Perkins. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so no, uh, I'm super, you know, knock on wood, maybe something might actually start happening with that later in the year. Well, yeah. good for you. Do you have, um, you know, we have a question, Paul, that we ask all of our authors. Uh-huh. What was the last great book that you read? What was the last great book I read? I, I would recommend, because it's maybe a little bit off the beaten path for some readers, uh, it's called Things We Lost in the Fire by Mariana Enriquez. Um, and it's a short story collection. She's Argentinian, and this was her first full work, mm-hmm. um, or first full book, excuse me, translated to English. And it's just an amazing, you know, short story collection. A wide range of stories, too. I mean, most of them tend to go, uh, you know, to the dark or horrific. But yeah. um, uh, it reminds me, she reminds me a lot of sort of a Shirley Jackson, 
Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I've been recommending that book everywhere I go. Well, I, oh. and of course, we can never forget that some of Stephen King's greatest um, movies or that were short stories. Have yep. been, Shawshank Redemption and Stand By Me were short stories. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I just read somewhere he has like a hundred, over a hundred things in in production right now. Oh my gosh. That is Isn't really that something. crazy? Well, Paul, if you uh, ever come to the Twin Cities, I hope you can come by our studio. We're big readers here in Minnesota and of course, well, all around the world. I'm sure people are listening to us right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would be happy to. I've never been to Minnesota, so yeah. Yeah, you got to come my... here. You got to come here and best of luck keep writing. You're a terrific uh, writer. This book is called The Cabin at the End of the World, and now we have to read A Head Full of Ghosts. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank thanks, you. Paul. Thanks okay. so much. Listen, we come back. Uh, we got a little music news, people.